Hello ninjas and ninjets and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim, head ninja at Exposure Ninja and best-selling digital marketing author. And this week in the show, we're joined again by Loz from Exposure Ninja, who's our Facebook ad ninja. And we're talking about email marketing. So how you can use email marketing to automate the front end of your business. Once someone becomes a lead, what can you do? What can you send them in order to build that engagement and to ultimately make the sale? Don't forget, you can head over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review if you would like us to carry out a completely free review and create a custom marketing plan for you to follow to increase the leads and sales that your website generates. Anyway, enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing lead generation follow-up. So back in episode four, we discussed how to generate leads for your business. Today's episode is going to be talking about what you should be doing to nurture those leads and to convert them into, into paying customers. In that original podcast, we talked about collecting email addresses, phone numbers, physical addresses, Facebook followers as, as well. So, so lots of different types of leads that we mentioned. But now we want to know sort of what we should be doing next with them. The first thing that I want to ask you, Tim, is to start off this question is how often should we be talking to to our leads? Obviously, we don't want to be kind of annoying these people by bombarding them with, with our emails and Facebook posts, you know, every single hour of the day. So, so what's kind of a, a good kind of ballpark figure for how often we should be communicating with, uh, with our leads? As a ballpark, it kind of depends on it depends on your market and, and exactly what you've generated a lead for. There are some things where it's appropriate to be quite persistent in your follow up and other things where it pays to be a little more discreet, I guess. But in general, I think the one thing is that you can contact people more than you think without being annoying. And in fact, even if you are annoying, sometimes it pays to be annoying. So for example, with with our email system, we had a bit of a meltdown towards the middle of la- uh, middle of last year where our frequency accidentally went up and rather than getting an email every day some people sorry rather than getting an email every two days some people started getting emails every day and some people had like six in in the space of a few days obviously we got quite a lot of people saying hey this is a bit annoying you know this is a little excessive but actually sales of the training products that those emails were selling went really high for that period so although the emails were annoying and we maybe would want to pull things back a little bit actually we still we still made more money from from sending out that kind of crazy barrage of emails so you can you can definitely contact people more than you think and even if they start to complain, it doesn't necessarily mean it's it's bad. Yeah, I and mean, that's really interesting. I suppose, do you think that the main reason why that had a positive effect on sales was down to, to visibility? I mean, I remember reading a statistic recently from digital marketers saying that the average person gets something like 147 emails a day, I think their statistic was. So I imagine if you're sending six emails in a day, you've got a much better chance of appearing somewhere at the top of that inbox when somebody actually checks their emails. Do you think it was that or do you think there's any other factors at play? Uh, It could be a combination of both. But I mean, yeah, I definitely think visibility is key. I mean, just look at I've got my Gmail inbox in front of me. I've got 102,000 unreads and every day it's, it's, it's more like a Twitter feed than a than something that you can keep on top of. So unless someone is contacting you, you know, on my big screen, I can only see until 
I can only see the last five hours worth of emails. So if you emailed 10 hours ago, well, it's not going to show up on the screen. So yeah, yeah you, you, you've certainly got to hit a certain frequency. I mean, I think one of the things that it, a trap that it can be tempting to fall into when you're writing the emails to go out is to imagine that every email you write is going straight to someone, they're immediately opening it and they're reading all of it. Whereas in fact, this is just totally, you know, just take your own experience and you can see that this is not the case at all. The likelihood is they might see an email from you and they don't even open it. They might not see another one from you. They might they might see a third, they might click on it, they might read the first paragraph, then they get distracted or something else. So you might be emailing them and thinking, oh, they're going to get bored of my message, but actually they're not even seeing your message yet. So yeah, you certainly have to have to get over that visibility threshold, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think hopefully later on in this episode, we'll have a chance to talk about things like open rates on emails and, and headlines and that kind of stuff, because there's some really interesting stuff we can discuss there. Before we kind of move on to that stuff, though, I just want to ask, obviously, so far, already, we're getting stuck in and we're talking about email. Would you say that email is the the, the primary method by which people should be should be following up? And uh, are the other methods kind of less good? Or, or you know, just or is that sort of on a business by business basis as well? Yeah, it's again, it's all business by business. There are other methods of automated follow up. So obviously, the area that you specialize in Facebook retargeting and Google remarketing, those are good ways of following up people as well. So you can have a tracking pixel on your thank you page or whatever. And you, you can run ads to people who've been on your thank you page, you know, taking them through a follow up process. If you're selling, you know, high ticket services, you might have a phone follow up process, which you would send people through, you know, obviously, these things are important. And obviously, there's there's some ROI to be had there. I think, for me, the reason that we're talking about email today is because every business doesn't matter what your market, every business should be using email automated follow up, it doesn't really matter what you're selling or what market you're in, there is always a case to be made for it. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's a really good point. A lot of the other ones are quite situational. Like you say, a phone call can be quite expensive in terms of, in terms of, you know, staff time and that kind of thing. Whereas, whereas emails, yeah, you you can, you can reach thousands of people, can't you, with, with a single email. And that's, that's really powerful. Exactly. I mean, for Exposure Ninja, when we started using Infusionsoft, which I, you know, I absolutely hate, and it's a complete nightmare, and it's so complicated. But when we started using it, it enabled our sales team to get so much more done because we could automate all of the relationship building and that kind of ongoing visibility and just being in people's consciousness, sending them stuff. You know, we could automate all of that stuff. And and without that, there is absolutely no way we would have had the growth that we've had and other companies that use email marketing. It's, it's, It's such an important tool for kind of for scaling your operation without having to fill a room full of phone salespeople or something like that. No, that's really great. Um, so, I mean, that yeah brings me on to my next question, which is, you know, what what is it that we should be actually writing in these emails in order to convert somebody from from that initial kind of lead generation offer where where we got them at least somewhat interested in the business? How, what should we be telling these people in order to actually convert them into into paying customers? What are the kind of messages that that work from your experience? How we approach it is we have 
key pieces of content. So things, messages that we want to get across to our to our target audience. So some of these are about particular techniques or strategies that they can use. So for example, we want to teach everyone who comes into, expo- into the Exposure Ninja world, we want to teach them the basics of SEO so they can improve their own website ranking. So we have key pieces of content, whether these are webinars, whether these are seminars, we've got these certain things that we want to get out to people just to help them and to move them further towards their goals. Because obviously that builds credibility, it helps them. And if they don't have the budget yet, it might give them the budget to take on our services. You know, it's, it's just, it's a good thing to do. It's like when you meet someone and you maybe you meet someone at a networking thing and they give you a business card and then you send them over an article which you thought might be of interest to them right it's just a good thing to do it helps build that relationship so whatever business you're in i would think about what are the key messages and pieces of education that you want to share with your audience put those messages into pieces of content in different formats and make sure that you have some kind of process for automated delivery of these. The point of all of that stuff is just to move people along, help them get closer to their goals by being on your email list. That's really important. Most people treat their email list as, hey, here's this batch of people that we're going to blast out these commercial newsletters to. And nobody wants that, you know, unless you've got ridiculously high engagement levels nobody really wants to get a newsletter right it's just oh what you've got a new person in your company or how you've been on an away day or it's just like life's too short we don't care all people care about is what's in it for me how can you get me closer to my goals so if you've got content that gets them closer to their goals then wicked let's get that in a in an automated thing if you're selling like a service like we are then it's also good to prove that you can get results for people so send them content which shows people in their situation who have got towards their goals from using you okay so we do this through webinars we show behind the scenes of real life seo campaigns show how businesses have grown as a result of using our services whatever if you're like an accountancy business you might have some case studies which you put together in blog posts showing how different people in different situations have saved money on tax or made their business more efficient or stuff like that so proving results is really important and again that builds credibility and then the third category is a little less easy to measure so that would be like entertaining and showing the personality of your business so this isn't necessarily about getting people closer to their goals it's not necessarily proving that you're good at your core thing it's just about proving that you're a a good company and that you're a decent company and that actually you have a personality So this might be offbeat stuff. It might be like sideways things. So for example, we send out goal setting activities that people can follow. It doesn't really have anything to do with SEO or pay-per-click or website development, but it just shows us that it shows our audience that we're ambitious and that we get their mindset, like we're the same. So sending out that sort of stuff, whilst it doesn't have a clear ROI or a clear call to action, we just send it out because it's good to build, I guess, familiarity and and again, just build on that relationship. So that's the sort of approach I would suggest taking. So we haven't talked anywhere here about commercial goals or calls to action or sales messages at all yet. This is just this kind of core stream of useful content, which you should be sending out to your audience. Yeah, I think that's really important to highlight that, you know, you, you mentioned three three kind of categories of content there and none of them were sales message at all. So 
Yeah, I think that's 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 super super important. So, I mean, what I kind of take from that is that you know at this stage of uh, of the kind of sales funnel, what we're doing is we're building that relationship with the customer. We're not too concerned with with actually converting them right now. Is is that kind of how you view it? Or yeah, I guess it has to be a bit of a mixture. How how we tend to see it is we have and we can talk about the structure of, of our campaigns later on, but we have we have these core like information or training products which which we can sell someone when they when they first come into our world we'll mention these training products throughout these pillar pieces of content that we're sending out so for example we've got a webinar which is all about how to do your own marketing and how to bootstrap your digital marketing campaign so if you don't have a lot of budget but you need to grow what do you need to focus on first so that you can generate some profit to reinvest so that you can continue to you know and and, and so on and scale it that way so we've got a webinar which is all about exactly how to do this and then at the end of the webinar, we say, if you want some more help with this, then check out Marketing You. So that's our training platform for people who are doing it themselves. So it comes across in a really natural way because if they've lasted to the end of a webinar, then they're probably a qualified potential customer for Marketing You. And they'll de- if, they, if they liked the content in the webinar, they'll definitely like Marketing You. So the kind of sales pitch piece there comes quite naturally. Just like if you're, I don't know, let's say that you're an architect or something and you're looking to generate leads from people who are building their own houses, you might have you might have your lead capture thing might be a guide to uh, a guide to building your own house, the ultimate guide to designing and building your own house. And then as part of your automated email follow up, you might have a thing about here are five mistakes. Here's a video about five mistakes that people make when they design their first home or, or something like that. And then at the end of that piece, there might be a little thing which says, oh, and if you need any help with designing your home, you know, here we're, we're here to help. So it's not just because someone's filled in their details, we're going to absolutely pummel them with our fist right in their face about buy, buy, buy. It's about pummeling them with really cool, useful stuff. And inside that, you would mention the fact that they might be interested in buying. No, I think that's yeah, it's a good answer. So, so we're talk, we're sort of focusing on yeah, what kind of value we can provide people, and then the the call to action comes at, comes at the end of providing somebody with value. So we need to sort of demonstrate that that we that we have something that they want, don't we? Before we can before we can sell to them. Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, if they really wanted to buy from you immediately, then they would have bought from you immediately. So they're not in that place yet. So we need to get them to that place. And how do we get them to that place? We get them there by making them feel excited about the results that they might get. We get them there by demonstrating that we're a good option for them. And we get there by becoming familiar and and establishing a relationship with them. So we need to do that stuff first. It's like, say you ask a girl out on a date and she's like, no, but here's my number. Like, let's keep in touch. And then you immediately phone her up the next day and you're like, can we go out on a date yet? And it's like, well, hmm, you know, nothing's changed. Yeah, exactly. The relationship hasn't moved on in any way. So if someone signs up for your email list and you're immediately pummeling them with sales messages, well, nothing's changed yet. They're still in the same place. You're still in the same place. So you need to bridge that gap with by being helpful and, and showing them some useful additional information, which will guide them to make the right decision. Okay, cool. So we talked about yeah the kinds of content that we should be posting, you know, that we should be providing people with via email. Um, I want to just talk about email headlines as well. So I know that this is something that yeah that, that quite a few people fixate on having making sure that you can get a, a decent sort of open rate for your email. Do you have any kind of tips on on what people should be doing in order to to get that open rate, and then what people need to be doing in terms of getting people to to click to a website or something like that from the from the email afterwards? 
Most people think that when, when it's time to get professional with their emails, they need to go for some really fancy HTML designed thing. And everything we know about email open rate and everything that we've tested tells us that is the, the wrong approach. The best emails, the best performing emails look like an email from another person. So plain text emails, we're, it's okay to include links, that's fine, but make it personal and allow your personality to come through. Just because something looks, you know, if your email looks like your website, you're doing it wrong. Your email should look like an email from your mum, right? Because that's the sort of thing that, that people are used to opening. That's the first thing, make an email that, that looks personal. And that extends all the way through to subject lines or headlines. So if you wouldn't email your mum with something like quick, get this now, then it might not be a good idea to email your email list with something like that. You might want to say something like, I don't want you to miss out or hey, just checking in or quick follow up or how's it going or something like that. Those are typically the subject lines that we get the best response from. I've got some examples here in my inbox. I've got I've got some good examples if you want to find some while I'll, I'll read some of mine yeah, while you do find it. Find it. Uh, so these are some that I've just taken from the last couple of days. One one that I think is just just a ter- you know a really good example of the kind of thing that we don't want to be doing is is this one here from Zavi. So alert, save an extra ten percent off our warehouse clearance, twenty four hours only. Um, oh, it's, it's it's that exact perfect example, isn't it? Of you know it, it's not something that you would send to another human being. That is a very robotic, very stilted kind of email. So I think that's something that's just not going to work, is it? The fact that it, it, it starts with alert in all caps as well. It's like alert, this email is spam. <laughs> and then please the thing, ignore this email. Exactly. Please, <laughs> please, please ignore this email in big capital letters, square brackets. And then the offer was save 10% on our warehouse clearance. So t- 10% isn't enough to get anybody excited. You know, nobody left the couch for 10%. Nobody picked up their phone for 10%. Unless you're saving 10% on a house or on a car, you know, saving 10% on some, yeah, it's just, it's rubbish. rubbish. Yeah, and I mean, this 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 kind of piqued my interest because I was like, I'm sure I saw a similar email from Zavi not that long ago. And I, I scrolled through my inbox and, Probably about once a week, they send me a, a 10%, 15% discount. It's like, these discounts are not really that, um, you know, unique or interesting to you, are they? No. <laughs> it's just like, if you can offer that every single week for months, then clearly this is not a, you know, not a great offer that I need to take up right now, is it? Yeah, and that's a good point. They also said 24 hours only. As soon as you break the trust by saying something like 24 hours only, and if you click on it two days later and you've still got the deal, it's not good. And then it immediately makes the visitor or, or the, the recipient skeptical about future offers. So you, now when you look at an offer from Zavi, you think, bullshit, right? I know that's not, you know, way 24 hours only, okay, whatever. So you don't believe it. So immediately they've lost the power of that scarcity, the 24 hours only thing. And that scarcity is really important. We, we accidentally discovered the power of scarcity a little while ago. I needed to raise the price of marketing you. So I sent out an email saying it's, we're going to have to raise the price at the end of this week. And loads of people started signing up. I was like, why are you, you know, these people knew about marketing you already. They knew about it, but they'd had emails about it. They'd seen it. Some of them even had trials on it. 
They didn't sign up. And then as soon as they had something that said, oh, it's good, the price is going to go up, they were like, oh my gosh, I need to get on. And and yeah, and it's awesome. And they all stayed and they, and they love it. So that's cool. But, you know, that scarcity is really important thing. But to keep the credibility about something like a price rise or this comes down in two days or whatever, it actually needs to happen. Because as soon as somebody sees that it's not really happening, they stop believing everything that you say. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be honest, doesn't it? That mar- that you know, it's a marketing message, but it needs to be something that you actually believe as a as a business. Otherwise, it's just yeah, no, no good at all. Yeah, definitely, definitely. The, this one that that I've been sent just confuses me. I don't, I don't really understand what they're even going for with this. So the email headline here from Pocket Hits says, "The nature of love, political assassination, a perfect action star," and I, I have no idea what that means. Like the nature of love, political assassination, a perfect action star. Yeah, I I think that those those are supposed to be like the titles of articles that might be of interest to me, but I have Uh, no context to what those things are. So I just completely blank out anything from Pocket Hits because their email headlines are just meaningless gibberish. So I just don't even pay any attention to it. It's it sounds like a the content that would be generated by some kind of, you know, like an article spinner, doesn't it? Like I've just picked out these, these random words and this is what I've generated. It's like, yeah, yeah utter, utter gibberish. It doesn't, point of an email subject is to get someone to open the email. That's all. That's the only thing it needs to do. It doesn't really need to pre-sell people on the offer. As long as the qualified people open the email, the subject line has done its job. This, the job of the email is to get someone to click on the link or to feel good about you or something, right? The job of the email is not not necessarily to sell the offer. It's just to get someone to click on the link and then once they're on a page, that page's job is to sell people on the offer. So I think the other thing that people can fall trapped to is to think that the email has to do the entire job of selling it. Well, if you don't think that you can convey your sales message effectively in two paragraphs or three paragraphs or whatever, it's perfectly okay to say, hey, I just put together this video which talks you through something which I think you might find interesting. It'll also show you three ways to blah, 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 and then link to the video. And then that video could be a longer piece which might make your sales pitch in a bit more inform- in, in a bit more detail. So that's perfectly okay. It's completely okay to say, do you know what? I'm not going to be able to sell accountancy or architectural designs or whatever in a short email. The only thing I can do on that is to get someone back on my website. And you know, that that's completely okay. So I think we have to be these bad examples, they're trying to, they're really, really trying to sell us on on the wrong thing. So Zavi, rather than saying alert, save an extra 10% off our warehouse clearance. They could say something like calling all Final Fantasy fans or something like that, right? Alert, Final Fantasy fans, 24 hours only. Yeah, I mean, I've got two two good examples that, uh, you know, what I would say should be should be done instead. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got here, uh, save 75% on Bando Namkai anime games this weekend. So one that's like a fantastic discount. So 75% is pretty awesome. And then the fact that it's Bandai Namco, they they already know that that's something that I'm interested in. That's immediately a lot more interesting to me because it's it's a product that I care about and it's a discount that's actually impressive. Yeah. So if the goal of that subject line was to get people that are interested in Bandai Namco, Bandai Namco to open the email, they definitely they definitely achieve that goal, right? Because 
75% was enticing enough. Bandai Namco indicates their relevance. So yeah, good job. And then they've also got Treat Yourself Final Fantasy 15 Day 1 Edition. And so it, it says exactly what it is. It's just you, you should buy this product. I mean, that, that one is I, I put in the good category of email headlines purely on the basis that this is from Amazon and Amazon knows that I was looking at that product the other day. So that's why they've sent me that email because I, I viewed that product and then they said, hey, you should you should buy that product. So it's highly relevant because I'm thinking about it. Exactly. They are relying purely on relevance for that, aren't they? That's pure retargeting. So it's a pretty dull email title. But it is. because it's because it's relevant, it's still good, I would say. Exactly. I mean, what 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 would you expect from an email title, right? If if you can really get someone, if you can nail them between the eyes with relevance, you really don't have to be that that creative. They've just said treat yourself and then they've given something that's very specific to, to you. So, you know, treat yourself, colon, something which is really important to lots. You know, you, you you're always gonna click on that or you're at least gonna it's going to kind of register in your conscious mind. Whereas, you know, treat yourself, buy a game, something like that, where it, it wouldn't really work because it's, yeah, they're, they're just Too playing generic. on the fact that their their retargeting is, is so awesome that Amazon buyers are putty in their hands. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well that this is probably an example of the kind of email where it doesn't 100% matter if I if I open that email. Like if I open that email from Amazon, I know exactly what I'm going to see. I'm going to see a picture of the game and I'm going to see the price, which won't have changed since since two days ago when I last viewed the price because they haven't mentioned that there's a price discount or anything like that. They've just told me this is the product. So I, I think that this is a good example of just keeping that kind of awareness and visibility high. So sending frequent emails that just say, you know, these these products, we know you're interested in them is is a you know, a good example of just kind of keeping that frequency high enough to, to keep my interest peaked so that when I am ready to make a purchase, you know, after I've just got paid or whatever, then, then you can head over to Amazon that day rather than, you know, specifically on any one individual day. Yeah, it's interesting. So just by dropping that email into your inbox, that it's kind of just like a, it's like a plain text retargeting ad, isn't it? It's not yeah, that, just it, that subject strange. line is enough to do its job of keeping it in your awareness. Did you manage to get any emails from your own own scroll through your your inbox, or do you not? Uh, find yeah, it? yeah, I've got a couple. I, I was just um, I was just wondering what I wonder what happens if you click on that email from Amazon if you actually open it. I wonder what their process is then. I wonder if they increase the frequency until you buy. Be really interesting. Anyway, um, yeah, so I've, I've got some examples. Most of the emails that that I like and and that we write are ones that 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 sound kind of personal. So I've got one here, but does it actually work? And the B in the but is lowercase. So that's kind of important because particularly with this guy who sent it, he sends out a lot of emails, but he's not the most eloquent person in the world. So this looks, it looks kind of, it looks legit, right? Because it's used, but does it actually work? So immediately it stands out compared to say the email next to it, which is from Fitbit, which says, congrats on earning your first lighthouse badge, which doesn't, you know, is, is, just clearly an automated message, but does it actually work? Sounds sounds a little bit interesting. Another one here, excellent news. That's a pretty good good subject line. I've got one here, which is really interesting, although it's been uh, flagged as promotion in my promotions tab in Gmail. But just before you go on to the next one, what excellent news? That seems a pretty pretty vague headline to me. That doesn't seem like there's enough information there. Why did you say that's good? 
it's from a guy's name so it's rather than like Carthen okay. Wales or something it's from a guy's name and there's also a little a little smiley face did the little colon bracket to make a, a smiley face emoji as well okay. so it, it just it just stood out it just stands out in the inbox he, he sent another one that says do not bend picture enclosed so that's kind of interesting because obviously do not bend picture enclosed is something that we used to use when we were sending out I used to use it back in the day when I was marketing to tradesmen because it gets unopened because people will, you know, if, if, do not bend picture and close. Wow, that, you know, what is this picture? That sounds interesting to me. So they'll open it. Obviously, it doesn't really make any sense with the email context because that you can't bend the email or, you, well, you can, but it's not going to break the JPEG, is it? The fact that he's enclosed a picture means that the email has gone into, um, <laughs> gone into the promotions tab in Gmail. So it didn't actually get read, but I like the idea of, of saying something like that, which just, just kind of stands out. So yeah, I, I just like, I like the stuff which has, which has personal, personal messages. One of the best emails that we ever send out just says quick catch up in the subject line. And then it says, Hey, first name, just quick email to see how you're getting on. People will reply to that. It's an automated email, but it's impossible to know whether that's an automated email. And if you have any sort of relationship with the person who sent you that email, it feels rude not replying. So that sort of angle, I, I really kind of like. Yeah, no, so, so you like the kind of conversational angle. So as you were saying earlier, you know, this is something that, that you might send to your mum because it's it's just friendly and conversational. It's not salesy at all. Yeah. So if if we do a marketing review for someone and they say, oh, do you know what? We're going to try and do this ourselves. And we say, okay, cool. So we put them in a, in a drip campaign, which basically follows up with them knowing that they're a DIYer. And then in a month or so, they'll get an email that just says, hey, first name, just check in how the marketing campaign for your website address is going. And by doing that, we're, we're we're making sure that it's contextually relevant, right? We've had a discussion about the marketing campaign for that particular website. So we're not we're not kind of pitching them saying, hey, you know, you should get some marketing. It's been two months since you've had your review. It's time to get some marketing. It's just really friendly, really conversational. And the goal is just to start that, restart that conversation again. It's not to try and pitch them on anything. So another angle to play with. I think it's important to note as well that that, that email, like you say, is is a an automated email but if they choose to reply to that email then they do then get to start a conversation with an actual human don't they so you know this is still you know conversational in the sense that it is an actual person that will talk to you at the end of it yeah it's a drive to engagement rather than just yeah we're not just looking to you know just wanted to find out how things are going click on this link and fill in this form if you'd like to go ahead you know that that clearly yeah wouldn't work. that immediately becomes robotic and then people just just don't care anymore but if you actually get a reply from a human then yeah hooray and so obviously that's going to be relevant for people that are selling higher ticket things or services um, but even e-commerce businesses if you have a if you have a sales team or if you have any component of sales then then you know, that that could be something that works. And I think as we'll see, I'm guessing we'll cover in a future episode, but things like the Facebook Messenger ads and chatbots, we're moving into a, a time where the goal isn't always to just drive people straight to a buy or a form. It can be the goal to, we, ha- we have a goal to start a conversation and, and, and to take people through a bit more of a personal response. I think that was going to be something that's really interesting, which we'll see having increasing prominence over the next couple of years. Yeah, I think I think yeah, that you say personalization is definitely the way to go. 
one more thing that I want to just talk about in regards to email. There are, I know that there are some tools out there that allow you to sort of track things like open rates and that kind of thing, allow, allow you to schedule your emails as well, obviously. What are some of the tools that you'd recommend that people people have a look at if they're looking to get started with this stuff? Okay, so to get started, we usually recommend Aweber, which is spelled A-W-E-B-E-R. It's really simple to get started with, and it allows you to do the very basics, such as put a form on your page, and when someone signs up in that form, they go into a campaign which has preset emails which go out on a timed basis, right? So that's that's pretty much as basic as, as it can get. Sign up for this. On day zero, you get this. On day one, you get this. On day three, you get this, whatever, whatever. They're starting to build a bit more behavioral targeting in there, but it's the, if you're just getting started, it's the cheapest option. It's, it's simple to get going. And the other thing we should say is that all of the options that are worth anything are paid because and and that's good and that's how you want it to be because deliverability is really important and if it's not paid if an email service wasn't paid it would be completely obliterated by spammers instantly and deliverability will be ruined. So you want to go for paid service Aweber is the best cheap option. Then we start getting to a bit more kind of advanced stuff active campaign we find ourselves recommending a lot so active campaign allows you to do a bit more advanced behavioral targeting. So you can move people into different sequences. You can have people getting text messages. You can be a bit more strategic about stuff. So ultimately where you want to get to is people that are interested in different elements of your service receive a completely different experience. An active campaign allows you to start doing that. And then in the more advanced end, you get to Infusionsoft. And Infusionsoft allows you to go completely mental and build all sorts of things whatever you you know whatever you want so we do all sorts of things where if people tend to open a lot of emails then we'll send them one sort of thing if they open a particular email then we'll send them another one if they don't open that email we'll send them a follow-up to get them to open once they open they go into another campaign if they're interested in certain elements of digital marketing they'll get one campaign if they're business of a particular size, they'll get another campaign. We've got texts in there as well. So you, you can get really fancy with Infusionsoft, but it's it's more expensive. They charge a, a setup fee and a, and a not insignificant monthly cost as well. But if you're looking to get serious with this stuff, it definitely pays off. And, and what I usually say to people when they're a bit concerned at the idea of spending, say, a couple hundred dollars a month on email marketing, where previously they've just been doing nothing or sticking it into a you know, a spreadsheet and just blasting it out from Outlook um, on, a, on a Friday afternoon is think about how, what sort of campaigns you can build with your email marketing, which are going to generate you significantly more money than the email marketing thing costs, right? You, you're going to find a find a platform, whether it's Aweber or Infusionsoft or ActiveCampaign, you're going to find a platform which does what you want to do. And then you've just got to accept the cost and say, okay, so let's say I go for Infusionsoft and I'm going to be spending $400 a month on this thing. Well, what am I going to do? How am I going to run my email campaign so that I can make sure I make 10 times that as a result purely of this email marketing thing? So that's how I'd look at it instead. Um, it's, it's going to feel painful spending any money on email marketing if you're not used to doing it, but it's just one of those things that you've absolutely got to do. No, I think that's a really good point. So one one thing that I meet that immediately comes to my mind in this podcast episode so far, we've talked mostly about relationship building with these emails. So how is it that you would tie revenue back to that? If we're building relationships, how do we know that, that the money 
that we've got came from email marketing and not from something else. Yeah, so it's usually fairly easy to do because you'll get leads responding to your emails if your emails are, are written in a, in, a, in a good way. So for us, we can we track that revenue in two ways. Firstly, there's the, there's the time saving for the sales team. So it means that our salespeople, because we have all these email marketing things and we have this relationship building, it means that we can make our sales one person do the work that previously took three people. And I know that because when we shut our office, we moved over to Infusionsoft and I took on the sales work of three people and significantly outsold them because we had Infusionsoft. So it makes you more effective. So immediately there, there's a massive cost saving because whatever you, whatever system you've gone for, it's way cheaper than people. And then the other thing that you can do, obviously, is if you've got a drip campaign going out and you start getting responses from people saying, say you send out the, the video on the five most common mistakes that people make when they're designing their first house and you get someone saying, oh yeah, cool, this looks really interesting. That free consultation that you mentioned at the end, yeah, I, I'd be interested in that. You can you can clearly see some revenue there. The third, third option, and it's something that having email marketing allows you to do, is to create some sort of information or training products as a as an additional sideline in your business. So for us, this is webinar recordings, this is workshops, this is training recordings, it's marketing you, it's books, whatever. So we have these email that we, sorry, we have these information or training products which are purely sold through email. So all of that revenue is directly attributed to, to the email marketing follow-up. So we know that, for example, our email marketing is generating us, I would expect in the region of 15, 20 times the amount that we're spending on, on the thing. So pretty much any business has some scope for some sort of training or additional service thing. Um, obviously we're talking about, you know, service businesses here. So the architects would be really good. You could have like a, a guide, the ultimate guide to doing a first home or, you know, some consultancy or something like that, which you might sell on, on a, as a information products for e-commerce businesses the revenue is going to be really easy to track right because it's just products it's sales it's looking in analytics seeing what's coming from the email thing and or it's you, you know using utm codes or whatever and you should be able to directly attribute that really easily okay no i think that's a really good really full answer I hope, hopefully yeah we've got some people signing up to some email platforms based on that answer there <laughs> should have put some we affiliate should... links in <laughs> yeah i was about to say we need a referral code that's what we need Maybe, maybe when the podcast gets a bit bigger, we'll, uh, we'll see if we can get some some branding from from these people, and we'll get we'll get them to sort us out some revenue as well. Yeah, or we'll build the Explosion Ninja version of Infusionsoft, which isn't an absolute nightmare. That'd be good. <laughs> all the same functions, none of the headaches. Yeah, but the fact that basically all of these platforms are a bit of a headache when you get to a certain size makes me think that there's something about this that we don't know, where it just has to be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So last thing that I want to do, just I think we've discussed email follow-up. I want to do a quick pitch for why people should also be having a look at something like Facebook retargeting as, a, as an alternative method. Is that cool with you, Tim? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So Lars, I'm going to interview you now. So why, if I've got an email thing going, why would I want to use something like Facebook retargeting? Why would I do that? Because I'm just going to have to pay for that, whereas the email is free. Okay, so there's I've got three main reasons why this should be something that you could do. The first reason just comes down to frequency. So as we mentioned, you know, when I was talking about the Amazon email, all it said was, you know, treat yourself, buy this product. 
There's nothing particularly exciting about that email, but that what that does is that gets an additional one in that frequency column. And, you know, what, what kind of a lot of, um, it, yeah, I'm sure we can find a link for the show notes, but there's a lot of uh, data out there that suggests that you would need to be getting a mar- the same marketing message to people multiple times to actually get them to purchase. So I would say that, you know, things like Facebook retargeting and, and Google remarketing are, are really great ways to get a, a couple of additional ticks in that frequency columns in order to in order to increase that kind of marketing message. Um, so that's that's my first reason is um, is to hit, hit that fr- those frequency numbers that you need in order to to build that relationship just through you know the amount of times they've interacted with your business. Okay, so just being seen more often, basically in more places, yeah. more often. Yeah, I mean, being seen all over the internet is is always a benefit. I mean, if a certain size, some people might think that you're kind of stalking them, but certainly I think that we could be doing more than just email on its own. So yeah, more frequency is better. My second reason is uh, that promotional emails do often look quite promotional. They do get ignored. I mean, we, we kind of mentioned already that inside Gmail, there's there's a promotional tab. So all of your promotional emails will automatically get filtered straight into that, into that tab. And some people just don't even ever check that tab because why would they? They know it's just sales messages and nothing else in there. So I would say that Facebook ads are, are a great way to get the same marketing message that you might put in a in a promotional headline, including an image if you're if you're Facebook retargeting. I would say you can get the same marketing message, but people can't, you know, just just immediately filter that out because it doesn't get filtered out by Gmail. People are gonna see that on uh, on the Facebook ads platform. So yeah, in getting those people that ignore those messages, this is a this is another good alternative. That's my second reason. And then my my final reason is um, with retargeting, a lot of the time there's an option within the email platform to say who opened this email, who didn't open this email. And you can, generally speaking, what you can do is you can export a list of the people that chose not to open you know, your email. Maybe you might want to go for something like the last five emails or the last 10 emails rather than just one individual email, because obviously, as I mentioned, people can ignore them. But anyway, what you can do, you can export that list of people that haven't opened your last emails. They just clearly don't interact via email. You can import that list into Facebook and you can tell Facebook, oh, I want to show ads to these people. So these are people that you know that this email marketing method just doesn't work for them because they don't ever open your emails spending money on those people, seeing if you can get some some kind of uh, reaction out of them through another marketing method, I would say is a really great idea. They don't interact via email, maybe they interact in a different method. Yeah. And just because they're not interacting with your email because they're not opening them doesn't mean that they're not qualified or they don't actually love you. It might just be that they're simply not getting your emails. Like we get a lot of deliverability questions from people about Hotmail, which just seems to block emails, not even put them in spam, just they don't even get them at all. So just because somebody's you know, not opening your emails doesn't doesn't mean at all that they're not qualified. Yeah, I mean, some people obviously the promotional tab on on, on Gmail, you know, issues with with it just being filtered out completely. Some people just don't check their emails. People, just, some people just don't really, yeah, see it as a particularly pressing issue in their life, and uh, are much more interested in browsing Facebook all day. So let's see, you know, get your marketing message in front of people in whichever platform they use. Really, is is the kind of end goal, isn't it? So if it's not email, then try something else. Exactly, exactly. And some people also give you a dodgy email or a spam email or whatever that they, they're never going to check just 
they just want to see what happens. Um, we get them all the time. Not yep. all the time, but sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it definitely is going to happen, 100%. Your email list is going to contain the emails that aren't real. Like, you can almost guarantee that if you've, uh, if you've got any size email list at this point. Yes, indeed. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's that's a, just a little pitch on, on why there, there are other options as well as email marketing. Although I think in general, most of the same kind of things that we talked about, having those engaging headlines, you know, the relationship building, all of that stuff is still really, really relevant for those other platforms. But um, yeah, it's just, just to give people an idea that there are other options if uh, email marketing doesn't seem to be working for you. Exactly. And just because it's retargeting and you've got a picture doesn't mean it has to be a pitch. You can drive people to content with retargeting as well. That's totally cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you have enjoyed this episode, obviously, please don't forget to go leave us a review on whichever podcast platform that you are that you listening to us on. If yeah, you need any help with your marketing, then obviously we have the website review. So just go over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review and you can get your free marketing and website review there. Hope everybody's enjoyed this episode and we'll see, uh, see you again next time.